Hello, everyone. Susan Hopkins here. I'm with Stuart Shanker, as always, and welcome to the Self-Reg Show. We've got a really interesting topic today. We're going to expand on what we talked about last time and explore the inner brain. Stuart, how are you? I am good. I'm in holiday <laughs> spirit. Well, and I'm glad you mentioned holidays, as everyone uh, who's watching this in video format on our YouTube channel, on the Merit Center's YouTube channel, uh, we'll see. I have uh, my holiday bling behind me. And uh, so you're you're watching this. It's probably not the holidays. Uh, this is being released in January, but it really ties in with what we're talking about today, uh, Stuart. And I wanted to tell you a story just to get us started about my Aunt Sharon. And you know a little bit about her. Uh not a lot, though, because I haven't told you that many stories and of how important uh, she was in my life. She passed away in 20, 2009, uh, and this is a picture of her, and it's on the front of a cookbook, and I'm, I always think about her uh, because she was just such an important, my mom's sister, such an important part of my life, but the reason that I have this cookbook out is at the Merit Center, we were doing, you know, we have such an amazing team, as you well know, and uh, one of the things we're doing this year is just sharing recipes, and so I thought, well, I would share one of my mom's recipes, and then I found this book that my uh, my cousin Shell put together, and she, it was it was the recipes of my Aunt Sharon. And she put it away when Aunt, Aunt Sharon passed away. And uh, it, it, it's amazing when I look at it because there's a letter in the very front that she wrote to her her mom, my grandmother, who I never met. And she and her writing looks just like my mom. And I found a recipe in there called Dots, uh, you know, Brown Betty, Apple Brown Betty. And it, it was just really, uh, it was this this moment, I've looked at this before, but I haven't, you know, I just dug it out and found it recently. And I can't stop thinking of my aunt Sharon. And if you can see right behind me on the, on the ledge, those of you that are, are watching on, uh, you know, listening to this, um, I'm pointing to a mantle above my fireplace and it's, it, it's a, it, it's a, uh, two little people, I guess it's Santa and Mrs. Claus. And look, uh, we celebrate Christmas in my home, whatever it is you celebrate at this time of year, we honor, we honor that this is just, uh, what, my, what I celebrate. And it, uh, my aunt Sharon made those, made those years ago. And they're, they're my, my favorite, uh, my favorite holiday thing is to take them out and think of my my aunt Sharon, and so I really was was just have her on my mind today, <laughs> you know, and because there was something unique about her and my relationships. You know, my early years weren't the easiest. Um, there was some really good stuff. I had lots of love from my mom, but my mom was also struggling with her own stuff. And somehow my Aunt Sharon just seemed to sort of fill a void uh, that I I really needed around family, especially when I became a young adult. Uh, she, you know, when I was trying to understand everything, you know, trying to feel connected to others. Um, had a smaller family. My dad's family was all American and uh, it was my Aunt Sharon. And like, it didn't matter where I was, what I needed, I could call her and she was, and she was always, always, always there for me. And there was just something unique about her that when you were in a room with Aunt Sharon, so I was very proud she was my aunt, but everybody felt that way. Everybody felt connected to her. My mom, I can still see the two of them giggling on the couch, you know, there'd be a little bit bad <laughs> and there's just joy and laughter. And, you know, she struggled with her own stuff too. Right. And yet there was just something about my aunt Sharon's ability uh, to connect and make you, you know, she always made me feel welcome. 
<laughs> safe, loved, <laughs> cared about, you know, and, and it just seemed like a really n- nice, um, there's so many stories I could tell you about her. Like you just wouldn't believe the stories. Uh, but I just thought I'd start by telling you about this really special human in my life. Um, and as we think about the inner brain, I know we're going to talk about infants and, and moms, but the inner brain is a lot more than just infants and, and, and moms, you know? So that's my aunt Sharon. I wish you could have met her. She would have, she would have loved you, Stuart. And, uh, and you would have loved her. And, uh, so that's just a little bit about her. Where do you want to take us? Do you want to ask me, know anything more about Aunt Sharon or do you just want to dive right in? And, uh, and I'll, I'll be listening and see if I can link that to, to anything that's in my heart uh, right it's now. Really, it's a really nice story. And it really speaks to the essence of the interbrain. You know, we talk about the interbrain as this extraordinary phenomenon um, that enabled us to give birth to our babies prematurely. Uh, and so we talked about this in our last episode, how we have this brain-to-brain hookup, um, which allows us to feel, to actually feel what each other is saying. And the reason why Susan's told the story is to make the point that this interbrain is not simply about uh, mothers and babies. Uh, it's about teenagers and an aunt. It's about two sisters on a couch. And the last thing that Susan said, it's about anyone who met Aunt Sharon or who has an Aunt Sharon in their life um, who produces something which is neurobiologically very interesting. And so I'm guessing that you told the story because that's what you wanted to talk about today. Am I right? (laughs) Well, I never know where you're going to lead us. It's just, I always try to think about what's a story that might link to at least the the theme of the day. (laughs) So um, I don't know how much uh, neurobiology Susan's going to let me uh, delve into today, Um, but there's something really interesting that's going on here. And one of the things I love about self-reg is that this is a dynamic theory. And what I mean by that is that, um, you know, uh, Susan always explains how self-reg is grounded in science, not just in neuroscience, but also in physiology and biology. And if there's one thing we can say about science it is that it never rests, or at least that scientists never rest. So um, self-reg is constantly growing as these sciences advance. And boy, have we ever seen some interesting advances over the last couple of years. And uh, we're, um, you know, we're in a really fortunate position because these advances really fit perfectly with the self-reg framework. I thought what we would do now is just um, dive a little deeper uh, on the basis of the things we've learned over the last few years. And um, I'm going to uh, introduce 
um, an important reframing. And the reframing is that uh, the interbrain isn't just this wireless connection between a mother's brain and a baby's brain or between a young teenager and her aunt's brain. Um, it is, it's a neurobiological connection. In fact, it's a self-regulating connection. And I'm going to try to explain that now. Okay, so what have we learned? Uh, we've learned that the baby is absolutely bathed in stress. Uh, the stress of light, the stress of sound, uh, the stress of physical discomfort, the stress of gravity, all of these are stresses. And remember that the scientific definition of stress is anything that requires us to burn energy in order to stay in homeostasis. Well, how does that happen? Uh, the, I'll give you the short version for the podcast, and we'll do a longer version uh, for the Shanker Chronicles. But essentially what happens is, because a stress threat, and remember that everything, all, all the things I just described means that we're constantly uh, burning energy, um, it raises a really interesting question. Where does the energy come from? Obviously, it comes from within us, um, and it's glucose. Uh, but how do we tap into it? And the answer is that inside the hypothalamus, which is a tiny little system just between the midbrain and the forebrain, for all intents and purposes, it's a great brain system in the diencephalon. So inside this tiny little system, there's an even tinier little system, a tiny little nucleus, a group of neurons. And when there's a stress, it triggers, it activates these neurons, and they release a neurochemical called corticotropin releasing factor. And what that does is it sets in motion a wave of neurochemical um, transformations that results in the release of cortisol. Everybody's heard of cortisol, and the primary function is to tap into the energy reserves that are located in our fat cells and convert them into usable energy so we can deal with the stress. But that raises a really intriguing problem. And the intriguing problem is if we're bathed in stress, if all these things I just mentioned, that's just a start. You know, there's so much written today about how you know, we're so overstressed. But really what people are talking about is the stress of, uh, the stress of money, uh, you know, finances or the stress of uh, all the things you have to do. But stress starts the moment we're born, in fact, there's stresses before, uh, and the stresses are physical stresses. So with all this stress that we're constantly, uh, that are constantly bombarding us, how do we ever get into homeostasis? 
How do we avoid burning out? How do we avoid what's called cortilocemia, which we know causes impairs brain development in baby? Uh, and the answer is a really, really interesting one. Commingled with these neurons, these corticotropin-releasing factor neurons in the periventricular nucleus, are oxytocin neurons. So um, everybody's heard of oxytocin, and I think you probably all heard of oxytocin. We call it the kettle chemical. Uh, it's the it's the neurohormone that uh, we associate with bonding, um, with breastfeeding, um, with social interaction, warm social interaction. But in fact, it has an earlier, a more primitive uh, function that we inherited from mammals, who in turn inherited this um, and from reptiles uh, in the, I can't remember what the title of the Shanker Chronicle is going to be for this. Um, I'm hoping it's going to be Triune, Triune 2.0. Um, uh, that's what we're really studying when we look at the Triune brain. We're looking at something called exaptation. So if that intrigues you, you're going to have to look into the Shanker Chronicle on this. So I'm going to pause you for one second, Stuart, because I just want to interject and tell everybody, I know you love listening to Stuart. Do not feel overwhelmed by all the words. <laughs> I go to, you know, even, you know, I'm, I, I always joke about Stuart sending me to, to Google constantly. <laughs> and it doesn't matter how many times I go to Google, there's, there's, there's something new to go and learn. There are tons of ways to learn more. If you really like the science, there are courses the Chronicles are webinars, but there's also going to be um, uh, a book. There's going to be books and 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 ways to uh, um, and ways to learn more about it. The key here is staying with the story. For me, you know, from a podcast perspective, is really there's a story here. Stuart gave you a little aha uh -huh that he was going to say something new, and he did. <laughs> For self riggers out there, you know, it's the first time I've heard him describe the interbrain beyond just uh, Digby Tanton's idea of a Bluetooth. He's talking about something much more, uh, you, you know, he's talking about something way more, involves the whole brain and body. Uh, the science is really important, and I know some of you are just gobbling it all up. Uh, the key is stay with the story, the stay with the story, and, and that's where we're going to uh, tap in in just a few minutes. So keep going, Stuart. I'm staying with the story. <laughs> okay. So um, we've got all these, these, these neurons that are burning up all our energy. What turns them off? What stops them so that we can, so that we, so that we don't burn out? And the answer is oxytocin. So what oxytocin does is in this, tiny little part of the brain mixed in with all the neurons that burn energy are neurons that stop them from burning energy. Okay, so this raises a really intriguing question. We know what turns on the energy burning ones. Stress, that's what stress does. Turns on, makes us, it, it's like turning up the thermostat on the furn on, on your furnace and you start to burn fuel. What turns it off? What triggers the oxytocin? 
And the answer, which is really quite incredible, is we do. We trigger the oxytocin. If I leave a baby all alone, they're going to burn way too and way too much. They're going to get sick. They're going, their growth's going to be impaired. They're going to have problems later in life. But if I cuddle my baby, if I stroke my baby, if I sing a lullaby to my baby, what I'm doing is I'm triggering the oxytocin. I am turning off the energy burners, turning off the, turning off the furnace. Now, the point of Susan's story is really fascinating because it turns out that not only did nature design us to turn off my baby's, my baby's energy burning so that my baby can grow and have a healthy immune system, have great brain development, and I do it just by stroking her and cuddling her and singing to her. But the point of Susan's story is that her aunt did the same for her when she was a teenager. The two sisters did the same for each other when they were adults. All through our life, we are the ones that turn off the energy burners in someone else. But, and there's a big but. And the but is, okay, so what we're doing is we're giving the neurobiology of relationships, the neurobiology of co-regulation. This is a way of, this is a way of, of regulating how much energy the other person burns. But there is a but. And the but is, I can only do this if I'm calm. I can only do this if I myself am, am in this state where I can stroke gently, vocalize gently. Everybody, uh, I hope, has an Aunt Sharon in their lives. And I'm guessing that everybody's also got an Uncle Bob in their lives. And Uncle Bob is the opposite of Aunt Sharon. When I had my Uncle Bob, and I won't give his real name, um, I would hide. My sister and I would hide when we knew he was coming. And the weird yeah. part is he would try to be a nice uncle. Um, and he always made us feel worse. Everything was off. And the reason was he knew he had like a script. He was going to be, he was going to be the, the, the good uncle. But regardless of what he said, he said it too hard. We felt his, we could feel his anxiety or his irritation. And he was irritated with little kids and that's why we ran and hit. Didn't matter what he said. And so we come back to, to the very fundamental point of the interbrain. It's about feeling. Our brain-to-brain -brain hookup is about feeling what the other person's feeling. If that person is feeling joy, is feeling calm, it turns off my stress burners. 
if that person is feeling irritation or anxiety or fear, it turns on my energy burners. So uh, the long and the short of all this is we were designed to need each other. We were designed to regulate each other from the moment of birth until the moment of death. But self-reg always puts the emphasis on self. I have to be in a certain state in order to have this beneficial effect. I have to, I have to be aware of what I am feeling, why I am feeling uh, overstressed. Now, uh, in the Chronicles, we're going to explain that what this is really about is something even deeper in the brain, something that excessive stress causes. It's not the stress itself, it's something else. But for today's podcast, what matters is, you know, I'm thinking about this um, as we head into Christmas here. We're taping this just a few days before Christmas. And what I'm thinking is, I know uh, my kids are going to be overstressed. Um, they're bringing their partners and they're going to be overstressed. I have a feeling they're bringing friends, so I'm going to be overstressed. <laughs> yeah, <I> get it. <laughs> but what I have to do is, I also know, and I'm really certain about this, they're going to be turning to me as their aunt Sharon. They're going to need this from me, even if they can't put it into words. And so to give them what they most need for Christmas, and what they most need is not some another present. What they most need is that, that, that get-together where they feel what Susan described. And for me to play this role of the paterfamilias, I'm going to have to... I'm going to have to meditate, I think, nonstop for the next two days. <laughs> What's so interesting is when you, you know, you think about being overstressed at Christmas. If you were having questions about that, go back and find our podcast. We'll point it to you here on where we looked at the five domains and the one before that, even where we looked at what stress is. Because remember, even something that seems really exciting and positive I mean, that's a stressor in all kinds of domains, but in the emotion domain, that excitement and things yes. as well. Just think about any birthday party that went south. We talk more about that in another podcast, <laughs> right? But it's 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 interesting to me, Stuart, as I hear you you speak. And I I want to, you know, there's this is so hopeful, folks, because you know, this is not another should. Oh, now I need to be calm. Because guess what? You cannot decide to be calm. <laughs> You know, and, and, you know, it's okay to say, okay, what, you know, and, and making sure we really understand what, what we mean by that. Um, it's not just a few deep breaths. That might be a little strategy that works for some of the people, some of the time. Uh, this is actually in a state where you're able, um, to consciously be aware of being that, you know, that tree, that solid anchor, you know, the base that's, you know, able to kind of go with the flow and, and, and having this influence on all those around. And we can't always do it. And, and that's okay. You've got to notice that and recognize you're human, <laughs> just like me. <laughs> Trust me, I don't always get it right, but I get it more right than I used to, thanks to self-reg and the ability to have that self-awareness. Um, so it's, it's really important to, to, to think about that. There's a message that Stuart's saying about it's not all just a brain-to-brain 
It is going on beneath conscious awareness. Yes, we can still work on things. Yes, we can actually intentionally do things. For sure, that's what self-reg is all about. But we can't just decide to be calm because it doesn't work or to connect like like Uncle Bob did or even like Aunt Sharon. Aunt Sharon didn't sit down and say, I'm going to have a connection with all my, all the nieces and nephews felt that way about her. She was everybody's favorite aunt, right? But it's it, it wasn't like that. It was within her, right? So that's a really important point. It's a physiological state. This isn't another list thing to put on your list. It's really realizing that that there's an awful lot more to it. So we've got to be working on the right things. Do you want to say anything more before I, I bring up a question for you, Stuart? Yep. Um, so <laughs> what Susan's describing is if you look at self-reg, you'll find the five steps of self-reg. And step number four is the step at which we can become uh, where we are having the same kind of effect that Aunt Sharon was having. But look carefully at self-reg. You can't, what Susan's saying is you can't will yourself to be in step, step four. You can't decide I'm going to be in step four. Self-reg is a pathway to getting to step four. You have to go through the first three steps in order to in order to achieve that state of calm, listening, embodied awareness, and reflective. And Susan made another point that I'll draw attention to. This isn't something that you can say, well, you know, it's gonna be it's gonna be Christmas dinner in about two hours. I better hurry up and do steps one to four. So this has to yeah. become a daily practice. And what happens is it becomes automatic. And with Aunt Sharon, it it was not only automatic, if you listen carefully to the story, it had been automatic for an awful long time. Okay. Yeah. And that's yeah. the whole. Okay. So that's what that's our Christmas gift. What our Christmas gift is we're giving you the pathway to being in that state where you can turn off not just your own, but everyone else's stress, energy burning stress response. <laughs> and so, you know, I just, before I, add, I'm just going to ask one thing right at the end, Stuart, that I think is really important for people. But first I want to know something. I already know the answer to this, so I'm not, uh, uh, but I think it's important for those who, but I, I know it, but I think there's people out there that that maybe have never heard you say this and might be listening uh, and and to to all of this and even about you being the, you know, that 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 co-regulator uh, for your kids, me with a teenager now. That's why I laughed out loud when you said about the friends and everything. Uh, do you always get this right, Stuart? Are you expecting this holiday to be uh, just smooth and Stuart's going to be uh, the ever calm in homeostasis, you know, I, <laughs> I'm laughing, but I think some people need to, they like to hear that we're human. It, it helps, it helps, uh, it helps also frame. It's not just making this access, accessible and, and making it real. It's also really understanding that it's what Stuart just said. It's not a one-off. It's not something that you just do and it solves everything. It's a way of being and it's like, it's a life and it's something we're always working on and we're going in the right direction when we have self-reg in our, in our heart, in our minds, we know some of the science and we have, we're building those, some of those skills as well. So it, it, 
Anything you want to say about that to keep it real? <laughs> if not, I have something. Uh, okay, so short answer is no. <laughs> I was <laughs> thinking when you when you asked that, I was remembering my kids were really young; uh, they were about five and two, and uh, we had gone. We had done so much work trying to get them uh, the present. They were little six and three, uh, trying to get them the presents that uh, they had unknowingly asked for and within a remarkably short time like within an hour of opening presents all hell had broken out in the house and I was shouting and my wife was shouting and um, so finally I don't know at what point but finally at one at some stage I realized that I was shouting so it had all happened without my without my being aware that I was in red brain um, yeah. But I was already doing self-reg, so I thought, man, I, I, I'm the one who needs a bit of a time out here. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I went off and I made myself a, I made myself a coffee and began to think. Uh, it's actually the reason why I started looking at uh, stress inventories. What, was, what were the stresses here? But the stresses on my kids... All right, so Susan's explained that. The stress of excitement, the stress of, of disappointment, whatever, um, were different from the stresses on me and what were my stresses. Um, and it would take us another show just to go through them all. But certainly uh, I had an expectation and... I was so upset to see, I love the expression Susan used right at the start, going south. I was so upset to see it going south. Um, and it sent me into red brain. So look, um, uh, Susan just said this perfectly. Uh, we're all going to have those moments. Um, that's part of being human. Uh, and really what we want to learn is how to recognize that I was in a moment. and. All it took at that point was to come back into the room, smile, calm everything down, and say, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's not. Yeah. But you can't do it. You can't do it while you're in red brain. When you're in red brain, you're just, you're out of control. It's just getting worse and worse and worse. And, and you catch yourself and you get better and better at catching yourself mm -hmm. and you get it more and more right. And the other thing you do is as over time, um, you begin yeah. skipping the need to actually reframe because it's yeah. when Stuart says you just kind of know and, yeah. and you get right to are the stressors and what do I need to do? And, yeah. and, you know, that's, and it, it really does come along and with some humor, right. And, you know, you're sitting, if you're sitting at a, a holiday table of any time of year and your aunt Sharon and your uncle Bob and your kids and their partners and their friends, you know, and their friends and you're catching yourself, not your best self or whatever. It's just, Okay. <laughs> right. When you catch yourself, You're you know, and yeah, yeah. And, uh, it's very freeing. Self-reg has one of the biggest stressors that self-reg has, has gifted me and Stuart has gifted me, um, is, is a bit more freedom and the yeah. ability to know, to work on, like, I've always been wanting to work on the right things. And I was working on the, the shoulds, coulds, you know, and I got some of them until I didn't. Now I'm working on the right things. And thanks to Stuart, the science uh, and 
you know, it's three steps forward, one back, two back. And sometimes you're like, ah, <laughs> but it, it comes, it comes. And this, this sense of freedom is lovely because uh, kinder to myself. I, you know, I, I, last night was not a great night in this house, <laughs> right? So it wasn't awful, but it wasn't great. And, you know, I'm not harping on that. What I'm, what I'm doing, you know, is, is, is now I'm like, okay, I definitely need, you know, a better sleep tonight. I need to do certain things today. And uh, like, like that's where my mind is on the things that can make a difference. And that's where we got to get more science into this practice of teaching, of parenting, of leading, we think we have a lot of it in there and there's, there are huge gaps because there's just, it, you know, it's every, it, we have these ideas of how it's supposed to be done and, and um, they're out of date. They're out of date in a very hopeful way. Right. And it might've been science for that right. before, but they're right. the only thing that replaces science, you know, is better science and there's better science and, and it's hopeful and it's freeing. And uh, we wish you all, all well. Have, have a look at your interbrain. Think about one relationship or one connection or one moment where you would like to begin to hone that a little bit. And maybe it's just noticing what's happening in your, in your, you know, yeah, you, you can feel your heart rate. I use that sometimes as, as, you know, feel it start to raise or your voice or, you know, or your tension or your shoulders or whatever you're, you're the, you know, the finger coming out, right. Uh, just begin to become a little bit more aware of it. And even just that without doing anything else, you know, and the next steps about how to really make those connections like an Aunt Sharon did instantly. Just that awareness of of that, you know, are we online, not just Bluetooth, the Bluetooth, is there that that synchrony between us? Is there, you know, are we, are we, are we feeling that um, with this person that really matters to me right now? And if not, just notice that. That can often be something that unsticks and begins to move it forward. So final word is yours, Stuart. And by the way, everyone, please, uh, I will be Adam, our producer and director will be uh, on me if I don't mention to please share this podcast. Check out our website, self-reg.ca. You can see um, all kinds of past podcasts. You can sign up for webinars. You can find the chronicles. You can find books. You can find facilitated courses uh, that you can get certificates and learn a lot more. And, uh, and, and, and we'd love to hear from you. So please share, add your comments, reach out. Uh, and thank you so much. So final word is yours, Stuart. Okay. I have to tell you that everything you just explained now, I felt my own stress coming down. I felt my own, like, I just felt this weight being lifted off of me. And I kind of hope that everybody who has joined us for this podcast today felt the same thing. So that's the gift that Susan gave, not just me, but I hope all of you as well. Thank you, everyone. We'll see you next time.